it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not drop out of the presidential race, Tim Scott, calling it a day down in South Carolina. I love Tim Scott. I think he's one of the greatest things about this country. Uh, did he have a chance at winning the White House? The answer would be no. No, nah, he read the writing on the wall. Oddsmakers had him listed in Vegas at one in a Chris Christie. There's a slob. There's a real slob. But we will talk about Tim Scott's departure and the suggestion in elite media circles that Joe Biden's got to go next. Come on, man. I'm telling you because I care. 888-788-9910. Retired NYPD Inspector Paul Morrow is going to be here to talk about my mayor, New York City, Eric Adams, who is now the subject of an FBI probe from the feds. He should be behind bars. I don't know that it'll come to that. But Jessica Tarloff is going to stop by because we talk to both sides of the aisle on this show. 235 Eastern Standard, Tarloff in the house. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 You stop it. I say it every day. This is not an activist rag. It is a talk show, okay? I don't want to steer your vote. I don't want to tell you how to live your life. I just get on the air like a good old-fashioned talk show host, and we discuss the country and things that are going on in the world, and at the end of the day, we might disagree, but we're still grateful for our American privilege. That's all I need out of you, okay? That's all I need. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You can be any of that. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a Happy Monday, everybody. I'm very peppy. I just had a sip of caffeine, and I'm well-rested. Uh, I was up in Utica this weekend. Uh, we were at the Stanley Theater, just slammed it wall-to-wall. And uh, the WIBX folks, Bill Keeler, the crew over there, Davey, Davey, you know I love you, man. Uh, Andrew, the whole Barnyard Jamboree. Megan showed up from brand management. Shout out to the station, IBX, doing a phenomenal job. That was a world-class uh, night for Kennedy and myself. So really, I do thank you from the bottom of my cholesterol-filled heart. Uh, and as we get underway this week, the reason I sound so revved up is we got a lot going on, girlfriend. Uh, I am here with you in New York for two days that I'm heading down to the Patriot Awards in Nashville. Uh, the, award, the award show itself is Thursday night, November the 16th. But I will, of course, also be walking around downtown Nashville Wednesday night, the 15th, probably being followed by the guy in the wardrobe department who wants to make sure I don't eat too much barbecue and dessert. Put that cookie down now! Nonetheless, two days in Nashville, November the 15th, November the 16th. And then you can see me in person uh, at the Patriot Awards opening up the show. Uh, for tickets to that, it is foxnews.com slash Patriot Awards if you want to come hang with all your Fox friends. And then Friday, I'm hightailing it down the Naples Florida. Uh, I will be at the Off the Hook Comedy Club Friday night, November the 17th, Saturday night, November the 18th. But right now, I am here with you ready to roll. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? 
Well, voters not digging my man, Tim Scott. Tim Scott, uh, I think his best friend anywhere is Trey Gowdy, who hosts a phenomenal show on Sunday night here on Fox News. Uh, They're as good of friends as I think either of them has. And Tim Scott kind of ambushed Gowdy on the air last night and announced, I think unsolicited, clearly based on his reaction and how it played out on TV, uh, he announced that he was suspending his campaign and was done in the race. Here is that clip, clip nine. One of the things I would recommend to every single American, I know it's not possible, by the way, if you ever want to love your country more, run for president. Traveling this country, meeting people has been one of the most fantastic experiences of my entire life. I love America more today than I did on May 22nd. But when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential uh, candidate. I am suspending my campaign. I, I think the voters... Uh, who are the most remarkable people on the planet, have been really clear that they're telling me, uh, not now, Tim. I don't think they're saying, Trey, no, but I do think they're saying, not now. And so I'm going to respect the voters, and I'm going to hold on and keep working really hard and uh, look forward to another opportunity. Well, uh, you know what? (laughs) Nice round of applause for Tim Scott. He was a first-class guy. Uh, in every sense of the word. When you look around politics, it's one of the things Trey Gowdy told him when he said he wanted to run for president. He's like, you're too nice to run for president. When you look at the state of things right now. You ever seen such negative campaigning in your life? Dirtiest campaign I ever remember. This is the dirtiest time there's ever been in our politics. Uh, I mean, really, whatever Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon thought they were getting at in 1984. Nobody talks anymore about the issues. No. They simply just... This man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to Tim Scott's credit, he was not campaigning in that regard, and it might have ultimately cost him, but I think the big loser was America. The one thing about Tim Scott I loved, and you know this, I have been an unabashed supporter of this man and his character. He flies home from D.C. every weekend and takes his 96-year-old mom to the movies because he's a great guy, but more importantly, because of the bond they formed. Tim Scott was born... Uh, to a single mother at the lowest end of the socioeconomic scale and wound up persevering along with the help of something he credits as the evolution of the Southern heart to become a congressman and ultimately a senator, starting out in a district that belonged to Strom Thurmond. Okay, Tim Scott's story and the evolution of the district he represented is one of the best things about America. Because it's indicative of the country we are and not the country we were, which is one of the reasons the Democrats were so threatened by him, which is one of the reasons why whenever he went on TV or gave a State of the Union rebuttal or anything in between, the rhetoric coming out of the left would shock the conscience. Okay, they were so threatened by the idea of Tim Scott and by the idea of any prominent minority that's running for office because it takes away their only lane of attack, which is to say you have to vote for us or you're a bigot.
Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. I saw the value of that, and I saw the character of this guy early on, long before I knew he was going to run for president. I had him on the show as a senator, and I was like, wow, this is a real deal, fantastic human who would be such a good ambassador to the American brand. So my hope is as he suspends his campaign, he's obviously open to being somebody's vice president, depending on who gets the nomination. I mean, obviously, if Nikki Haley gets it, like some people say she's probably not going to go with Tim Scott because they're from the same state. There is the reality that Trump could get it and make put Tim Scott at the top of the ticket. I don't know where it's going to go. Okay, if I had to guess uh, at this junction, the field is going to thin out rather quickly. Okay, because one of the things that ultimately stopped Tim Scott in his tracks is the fact that this stuff is very expensive. It costs a lot of money to run for political office. It does cost a ton of money. So I think the fundraisers read the writing on the wall and away went our man, Tim Scott. Uh, But we will continue uh, to prioritize giving him a platform as this race goes on, uh, because Tim Scott is one of I I do mean this one of, if not the best thing about the America we're living in right now. Okay, he's a guy who went uh, grew up in a family that went from cotton to Congress in one generation. His grandfather forced out of elementary school in third grade to pick cotton for a sharecropper. That grandson goes on to become the first black American elected to both houses of Congress. Okay, again, so reflective of the best things about this country. So this buds for you, Tim Scott. Now, the other guy everybody wants to drop out of the race is Joe Biden. I agree with that. I don't know uh, that Obama does agree with that, but my hunch is that he does because Obama's top advisors have been out there calling on Biden to hit the road. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Okay, it's not only the polls that are undermining any momentum Biden might have for a 2024 run, but it is the words of guys like David Axelrod, who said the following to CNN yesterday, clip 22. I have no concerns about polls a year out. I mean, you have to look at them and uh, analyze them and adjust. And But I was in a situation as a strategist for Barack Obama Uh, in 2011, where we were facing some difficult polls. The one uh, number in the polling that was concerning, uh, and in the CNN poll uh, that followed after the New York Times poll, had to do with age. And that's one thing you can't uh, reverse, no matter how effective Joe Biden is behind the scenes. uh, In front of the camera, what he's projecting is uh, causing people concerns. And and that's worrisome. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, here's straight up. If you were paying attention to social media over the weekend, Trump went to another MMA fight, got a huge standing ovation from the crowd. Now, that's obviously a pro-Trump crowd. But the juxtaposition visually was galling. Trump goes to a public event, gets a standing ovation. Biden goes to a public event for veterans and forgets where to stand. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Like, it's embarrassing to the country when you've got a uniformed soldier who has to take the president like he's lining up a child for a school photo and direct him to the side he's supposed to be on after he inadvertently just walks away and goes to the wrong spot in the middle of a ceremony that's there to salute dead veterans. 
Guys, I'm telling you as a country, we're better than this. Okay, Joe Biden has no business running a 5K, let alone the United States of America. That is straight up. And it's not just his condition that has me saying that. I don't care if he's 207. Okay, if the country's in good shape and he's in good shape, fine. There are people 20 years older than Joe Biden that are 20 times sharper than Joe Biden. That is correct. Okay, so again and again and again, when you hear me say this, I'm not being ageist. It's not about Biden's age. It's about his condition. Of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. The guys who are the kleptocracies. (laughs) I mean, never good. But here's Donald Trump still out there on the campaign trail under 91 indictments. Back in court today, his son is testifying. (laughs) Here is Trump uh, talking about the fact that Biden, you know, might not be the guy in charge, which is not news to anybody. Uh, But here it is. Clip 10. Brian, it's all coming through Iran and Obama wants to he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to mention he doesn't even mention them in his statements. It's all coming through Iran. Well, you mean President Biden. So, uh, uh, but right no, no, now. I also mean Obama. What do you mean? I mean Obama and Biden, but I, I, Obama is Biden's boss, in case you didn't really know that. You, you believe uh, Obama a, you believe President Obama is. The boss. I, don't think, I don't think Biden knows what's happening, to be honest with you. I think that Obama is calling these shots, and he's always felt this way about Iran. There's no question about that. Wow. No, I think Obama and Obama's people certainly are calling the shots, not Biden. So, so you don't have any, this just your gut tells you, uh, but you don't have any proof that President Obama is calling the shots. No, it's my gut, but yeah. my gut's been right about everything. So, you know, <laughs> it's good. You have an expression out there. Trump's been right about everything. You take a look at, go down the list. We've been right about everything. So you know how volatile right the Middle the East wall. is. We're right about all of the people pouring into our country, right about Ukraine. We're right about everything so what do we do and, uh, what do, what no, do we do about getting our people crazy. back there are a lot of a lot of people a lot of people from obama in the administration that circled the oval office desk the resolute desk and uh it's one of those things but uh whether it's whether that's the case or it's biden we are in a mess right now a mess that should have never happened wow so that is donald trump saying barack obama is Joe Biden's boss. Tell him like it is. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but if he is, in fact, the boss, Biden's going home soon. Okay. He's historically unpopular. Forget the fact that the top advisors to Barack Obama, who may or may not be his boss, are calling on Biden to skip town. Here are voters, Latino voters. One of the key constituents to the Democrats winning any race at a national level is minority turnout. They're the single most important factor that carries Democrats to office. Here are Latino voters on CNN talking about the state of the economy under Joe Biden. Clip 17. Are you happy with your vote for Joe Biden? Mm, Well, I didn't see something like really change. Like I didn't see changes. So I was expecting something. Gabriele Martinez was expecting better. Both she and her husband work. They have one child, six-year-old Roman. Every month, a struggle. Right now, I work in three jobs because I have to like pay more things, like my house is more expensive. Dalton, Georgia, bills itself the carpet capital of the world. Much of the labor here, Latino immigrants living paycheck to paycheck. 
Many now view the Trump years as better for their bottom line. Some Latino community say when Trump was a president, we don't have high gas or inflation of the food. Right. So this is the, the truth. Pocketbook concerns, top of the mind, and the support of this fast-growing voting bloc critical in key battleground states. So you understand those are Latino voters in a state like Georgia. Dalton, Georgia, home of Johnny Joey Jones, by the way. Shout out to him. As good of an American as we have out there. But the reality is we make jokes about Biden getting lost and, you know, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor with this guy. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. But seriously, the reality right now is Joe Biden might be in bad shape, but the reason he's got to go is because the country's in worse shape. Critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon taking stock in what comes next in the 2024 GOP primary race. Tim Scott's out of it. Ron DeSantis still running uh, and doing so in high heels, according to Donald Trump. This is clip 18. Like tens of millions of, and I'm not wearing lifts either, by the way. I don't have six inch heels. Actually, the greatest moment of the debate when Ron was walking around to Sanctimonious was walking off the stage. And his feet, it's weird. Because his cowboy boots. So they have a high heel outside, but inside you got a big deal going on. <laughs> you got a you got a big deal. He's mocking Tim uh Ron DeSantis for wearing lifts. <laughs> Bottom line, DeSantis needs a lift in the polls uh, big time. Nikki Haley and the super PACs behind her are now investing an additional $10 million uh, in Iowa in an eff- and, and New Hampshire as well in an effort to get her past DeSantis once and for all. Okay, the field is going to thin out rather quickly now that Tim Scott is gone. Okay, Bergam and Asa Hutchinson, if they are even considering themselves candidates at this point, have no be- no business doing so. They will ultimately drop out, uh, and the field will ultimately thin out. I mean, it'll really thin out when Christie leaves. Uh, but the point is, he's still hanging around as well. And I implore you to do the same. So we're going to get to your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, smoke signals, the whole barnyard jamboree. We're going to open a message in a bottle. If that's what it takes, because if it's going on in the world, we want to hear about it, because that's what we do on the show, man. Remember talk shows? You just called in and you talked to the guy. That's what we did up in Utica Saturday night. Me and Kennedy told a bunch of really dirty jokes, i got to be honest with you. Did a really rowdy Q&A, and then we had a cocktail party uh, afterwards in the green room, and then we got in the car and drove 300 miles. This could be a problem. You stop it. I'm a former cab driver. I'm not, I can get it done behind the wheel. It's the rest of my life I struggle with. Back after this. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my name is Chad. (laughs) 
His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America. Just like the man said, we wouldn't steer you wrong. Uh, and we're going to get right into the phones right now because, listen to me, I'm a mess, okay? We had a rowdy weekend. We were up in Utica. We were slanging jokes. I'm going to be all over the TV this week. i got to go to Nashville. i got to go down to Florida. I'm a wreck. I need, I need you guys to carry this thing. So step up. This is your moment to shine. Cliff batting leadoff. He is in Waterbury, Connecticut. Yo, Cliff. Thanks for taking my call, of brother, course. my white brother. Hey, wait, <laughs> hey, listen, your producer reminded me that I called months ago yep. saying that Tim Scott, I call him a.k.a. Uncle Tim, <laughs> and I said that he won't, he won't last. And I called, yeah. right? Uh-huh. So now here today, you know, the guy is gone. Yep. And I'm saying, well, geez, man, okay, I don't like the guy because he's, you know, he, he has a disconnect with the black community. No. You people will love him, white Republicans. No, now, he doesn't have a disconnect. He doesn't have the, di- he has a disconnect with liberal messaging regarding the black community. But Tim Scott's a guy telling the black community, you can do it. I did. And I came from far worse circumstances than most of you. That's a good, empowering message. Okay, but, but the bottom line is I thought this was a perfect opportunity mm-hmm. for the Republican Party to be supportive and pro-black. Yep. Yep. This guy was liked by all white people. He was a great guy. Yep. What the, he, even, he, even picked up a, he even picked up a white girlfriend. So what the <laughs> hell happened? Well, why did he get dropped? Well, I'll tell you why they get dropped at this phase. It's just fundraising. Like when the money dries up, they skip town. You can only take this as far as you're going to take it. Uh, and the truth is you know, based on the polls, the donors read the writing on the wall. If you noticed, all the money's going towards Nikki Haley right now. So the next guy who's going to drop of significance is DeSantis. He's not dropping between now and Iowa. He will run through Iowa. He has the money to do it. But uh, if DeSantis doesn't come in the top two in Iowa, he's out of the race. Like he'll announce that he'll announce that day. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. But it's an opportunity loss for the Republican Party if they don't put Tim Scott on the ticket somewhere, because what he's speaking to when it comes to the black community that comes to America is true. Like, we're living in an America right now, and I know you know this, where you really can be anything if you want to do the work. It's probably easier now than ever because most people don't want to do the work. They're counting on the government to, you know, get it done for them, which I think is idiotic. So I love Tim Scott's message, but the truth is, you know, when it comes to the Republican Party, okay, it's Trump's nomination to lose. The only reason anybody else is running is because they're hoping he goes to jail. If he doesn't go to jail, he's going to be the nominee. If he does, he might still be the nominee. But his hold on the party in this moment is that strong. And I think Tim Scott was smart to get out, if only because he's young and he can run again. And he'll be a great candidate in four years and he'll be a great candidate in eight years. So your prediction, though, I will give you credit, Cliff. Your prediction was correct. Did you bet any money on it? You you know what I had was my reputation, but maybe he could be the driver for Trump. Hey, listen, maybe he could be the driver for Trump and maybe the cook, so he'll still be in there. Hey, thanks for taking my call, buddy. Good stuff. Cliff says uh, he didn't bet any money. He just has his good reputation. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, Cliff's a good egg. Taking some shots at Tim Scott on the way out the door. Let me tell you really quickly, man. Tim Scott, and I do mean this, man. I do mean this. Tim Scott uh, and a president, Tim Scott, would have been the best thing that ever could have happened to this country. Like, I understand he didn't have the momentum to carry the nomination this time around because it very much is Trump's to lose. People feel like he was historically wronged uh, in 2020, whether we can prove that election was stolen or not. You know, 
beyond me. I don't, I'm not sitting on that proof, so I want to be responsible with the broadcast. That being said, it's really hard to look at Joe Biden and feel like this is the highest vote getter in the history of the United States of America. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, but the real thing that makes life so impossible for Tim Scott as a candidate which is what also makes it really difficult for DeSantis, aside from the fact that he's wearing lifts and he can't smile. Um, And, of course, Nikki Haley facing an uphill battle as well, is Donald Trump was the last president, and life in this country was exponentially better under Donald Trump than it is under Joe Biden. I think he's got a point. Okay, there's no way you can look around. What What can you point to and tell me is better under Joe Biden than it was under Donald Trump. And I'm not here stumping for Trump. Like, straight up, I don't care who you vote. I really don't care. I'm just, it's just not my job. Like, I want the country to do well. I'd be fine with anyone running it. President Caratop, okay, he could go run it if he wants to take a timeout from his residency in Vegas. If Caratop shuts the border, lowers gas prices, and cleans up the streets of America, he has my vote. Straight up. Okay, so understand this. The problem for candidates who want to be the GOP nominee is they're running against the guy who just was, and he happened to do a much better job than Biden. So as much as as there's baggage attached to Trump and there's 91 indictments looming, and there's, of course, the fallout in the aftermath of the 2020 election, the fact remains people do know that Trump can be an effective president. Because he did so with the entirety of our government and most of the establishment in D.C. trying to end his presidency every day he was in office. Like, you realize that. We talk a lot in sports metaphors. Trump was blitzed every down of his presidency. And I don't just mean after he got sworn in. I mean the second he won the election, the Democrats started saying he colluded with Vladimir Putin. It was made up by these sick people. Okay, and from the second he got sworn into office, they were all out there telling you that the election was illegitimate. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. You are so full of sh**. Never mind that every one of those Democrats tells you that questioning the legitimacy of an election is treason. It's undermining faith in our democracy. They went out there from the second Trump won the presidency and said he stole the election. Democrats are so full of crap. And that hovered over the first two years of his presidency. But what did he do in the process? Okay, again, like Trump, hate Trump, not my job. I don't care. Okay, but Donald Trump cut illegal border crossings by 80 percent. Juxtapose that against what's going on right now, where we have broken an all time record, not just for illegal border crossings and known gotaways, but fentanyl poisoning deaths. Okay, the human trafficking going on at our southern border has turned into a two billion dollar business 
under Joe Biden and Secretary Mayorkas. You have no idea how to defend a nation. But that's just the border. Okay, gas under Trump, $2 a gallon cheaper. Okay, when you look out at the world, China hadn't encircled Taiwan. Putin hadn't invaded Ukraine. And Iran, okay, wasn't funding proxy attacks on innocent civilians in Israel. Okay, and what does that have to do with Joe Biden? Number one, the weakness we've demonstrated on the world stage in fleeing Afghanistan with our tail between our legs after he pulled the troops out ahead of the civilians. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But to take it a step further, he not only emboldened the enemy, okay, but he enriched the enemy because our domestic energy policy under Joe Biden was to take our country from a net exporter and turn us back into an importer when the United States is now cutting down production, what it does is it creates a market for the bad guys who also produce fuel. Okay, when Trump left office, Iran was sitting on $4 billion worth of oil cash. You know what they're sitting on now? $70 billion. Okay, Vladimir Putin's oil worth nothing at the time Trump left office. It's now subsidizing the full war in Ukraine, which means we are, in effect, subsidizing both sides of the conflict because we're sending every dollar we have to Ukraine while also enriching Putin with our energy policy. It's the same thing we're doing in Israel. Okay, Israel, thank you very much, uh, is our greatest ally in the Middle East and perhaps the world. They share our values and deserve our undying support. But the fact remains, okay, that the other side of this conflict is fully funded by Iran, a country Barack Obama gave $50 billion in cash assets to. I don't see you doing any better in the booty but take department. But take it a step further because Joe Biden gave them an additional $5 billion in a hostage swap. Okay, that's straight up. We went five for five. And oh, by the way, here's $5 billion. Okay, so if you look at the Democratic record, you've got Obama sending $50 billion to Iran. And you've got Biden tacking on another $5 billion to the people who vow to kill America and wipe our ally Israel off the map. Obama and Biden sent them a combined $55 billion. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. So when somebody calls up and takes a shot at Tim Scott, you understand Tim Scott is not in this race because he wasn't a great candidate or because he didn't have a great message for America and didn't represent a massive pronounced step away from the race baiting that's engulfed so much of our politics. Tim Scott is out of the race because there's a guy who's still in it who is exponentially better as president than the guy we have in there now. Okay, could Nikki Haley be a great president? Sure she could. I'm sure DeSantis could be a great president. I don't know that he could get the job, but he's run Florida so well that I'd be comfortable with him becoming president tomorrow. I'd shut the lights out and forget about politics for four years. I I genuinely would. So I'd love that about him, just the same as I'd love that about Tim Scott. But the fact remains they are unproven, unproven behind the resolute desk. Whereas Trump, for whatever you think of the character of the man— Okay, was blitzed every down of his presidency and was exponentially better than Biden is now. Whether you're talking about the Mueller probe, whether you're talking about the Ukrainian impeachment where they tried to railroad him out of there because what did the Democrats say? You can't have a guy in office who threatens to withhold aid from a foreign government unless they do what he says. Can't have a guy in office who does that. You know, unless it's Joe Biden. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk, that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. 
I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Huh. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. I mean, think about that. That's Biden openly admitting. I threatened to withhold a billion dollars in aid unless they did what I said. He should be behind bars. I mean, that is what they impeached Trump for, just so you know. They said Trump was trying to get an investigation into the Biden family and their business dealings in Ukraine and allegedly threatened to withhold foreign aid until they did so. Now, do we have a proof uh, that Trump did that? The answer would be no. No, the impeachment failed. Do we have a tape recording that even insinuates he did that? The answer would be no. White House transcript? The answer would be no. But there's a tape of Joe Biden openly bragging to doing exactly, exactly what they tried to take Trump down for doing. And you understand the average person at this point doesn't necessarily like the character of Donald Trump, but they love the condition the country was in under Trump comparative to now. But more importantly than that, they're just, I mean, I'm being honest with you. The average person looks at the double standards, they look at the hypocrisy, they look at the deteriorating condition of our country, and they say to themselves, I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. And that's why Trump has a stranglehold on this nomination, straight up. Okay, do the Democrats intend to let him keep that stranglehold? The answer would be no. They're hitting him with everything known to man. Kevin noticed he's down in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Yo, Kevin. Yo, Jimmy. Wow, you popped in on me by surprise. I didn't know you were coming. Hey, (laughs) I mean, I'm listening intently. You know, you broke news for me. I don't know. How long has everybody known that Tim Scott dropped out? The first I heard, so I'm waiting on hold to talk to you. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, he dropped out late last night. He was on with Trey Gowdy. And uh, he sent in the punt team. Uh, and a great guy. Hopefully he winds up being a VP. Who knows? Well, yeah, it's, I was thinking of Colorado football in the Pac-12. That's kind of like running for president, trying to win a game in the Pac-12. With, <laughs> you know, Colorado's a talented team. Each week I'm hopeful, you know. Yeah. But there's the top seven, you know, running for president is kind of similar. But, hey, I called in about the, the television series Billions. That's Have you funny. seen that one? Do you know uh, one of my best friends in show business uh, not only wrote it and directs a lot of it, Brian Koppelman and David Levine, their partners. And they wrote uh, Rounders with Matt Damon, um, Walking Tall with The Rock, some of the Oceans films. They're good dudes. Uh, They're hanging out in a pantheon of Hollywood cocktail party I don't get invited to. Although I have a shot at getting in because I dress like a waiter. But, yes, I'm super familiar with the the show. Take it away. Well, well, I'm super impressed that you you said they wrote Billions. I mean, that's one of my favorite. Look them up. Yeah, go ahead. One of my favorite shows of all time. I mean – uh, Damian Lewis, the mm-hmm. the main character, yep. Bobby Axelrod, yep. incredible part. He mm-hmm. he played in Band of Brothers, yep. Homeland, huge roles there. The red haired Brit who can talk like an American. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so he's he's the main star through the first four seasons. Now yep. they just closed out the series with their final season mm-hmm. seven a, yep. a month or two ago, and I was looking forward to it with bated breath because. In real life, Damian Lewis' wife passed away from cancer, and he left the show after season four. And I wondered if it would make it. This this other character came in, a, a multi-billionaire uh, by the – I don't know the actor's name, but the character Michael Prince. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of a benevolent, you know, mm-hmm. Bobby Axelrod. But somehow, it, at the end of season six, he decides he wants to run for president. Mm-hmm. And then they're saying – you know, Damian Lewis is coming back for season seven, and I'm like, wow, all right, it's going to be great. But I have to tell you, 
I was so disappointed. I mean, it was okay, season seven. Yeah, but let me just tell you, and spoiler alert, if, you're, if you haven't seen it yet and you're mm-hmm. a fan, don't listen to me for the next minute or two. But anyway. <laughs> Give it to me so, in 35 seconds because we have a hard commercial break. Take it away. So anyways, uh, they decide that or, – or Michael Prince at the end of season six is going to run for president, multi-billionaire. Well, the former AG of New York, now the um, uh, attorney – district uh, U.S. Mm-hmm. attorney for the Southern District of New York and his wife who works for the guy, they decide that this is just a terrible person. He can't be president. And so they plot the whole season to liquidate him financially, yep. which in the last episode they did. Make no mistake about him. it. There's, billions went to Letitia James' route, and that is you know obviously what they're trying to do to Trump. Is that how you were tying it up? Well, I just wonder what came first. Is, is Hollywood orchestrating? Did they come up with that? <laughs> well, I will say this. Koppelman and Levine hate Trump with all the fiber in their being. So who knows? Maybe in addition to writing billions, they wrote a show called Letitia James. I don't know. We'll get into it after this. Good call, Kevin. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ooh, they are playing Radar Love by White Lion. Not to be confused with Radar Love by Golden Earring, which is also a great, great jam. Uh, But right now we are rocking out here on Fox Across America. It's about to get nuts in the next hour. Paul Morrill is coming by because our mayor, Eric Adams, uh, could be going to jail. Interesting situation. But Adams goes down to D.C., okay, to complain with five other mayors about the conditions at our southern border. And while he's there, the feds knock down the door of his campaign manager and announce that they have seized all of Adams' communications devices. This is politics as usual. I mean, it might be. Some people think it was an effort to silence him so he didn't criticize Biden's border policy. There's also the reality that Adams is considered in some circles to be presidential material. Obviously, none of the people saying that have visited New York in the last couple of years. But the fact remains, something really shady going on down at the mayor's office. And Paul Morrow is, of course, a retired NYPD inspector, a guy that was running the counterterrorism task force here in New York City and knows a lot about the feds and what they do behind the scenes. So we'll get into that and more of your calls, text, tweets and carrier pigeons right here on the high flying, death defiant Fox across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Another big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Your home for top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. It is a mess out there, girlfriend. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. To be clear, we have people in New York, where I live, who don't know what they're doing. One of them happens to be the mayor, uh, and he is now the subject of an FBI probe. Eric Adams, mayor nightclub. Uh, for real, if you run a nightclub in New York City, you know Eric Adams. The guy goes out every night of the week. Uh, well, he could be uh, going out on a limb now uh, and hiring a defense attorney. We're going to be discussing this with retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow, the founder of OpsDesk.org, one of the most brilliant legal minds anywhere in the world, let alone on television. Uh, and we will, of course, get into your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons as well. 888 788 
888-900-9910 if you want a piece of the action. And if you want to do this in person this week, we're down at the Grand Old Opry in uh, Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee, Thursday night. It's the Patriot Awards. Uh, I will be opening the show and handing it off to Pete Hegseth, and you can come by and meet all your favorite Fox personalities and, of course, honor people who truly deserve our praise. We're talking about first responders, cops, firemen, uh, soldiers, Border Patrol agents, people of all stripes who sacrifice themselves every day. So you can take a lot of the freedoms you have in this country for granted. I mean, that's just reality, uh, but we do not take these heroes for granted. And if you want to get tickets and come help us celebrate them, it is foxnews.com slash Patriot Awards. Okay, if that's not enough, Jimmy Fallon, you will also see me down in Naples, Florida this weekend at the Off the Hook Comedy Club, Friday, November the 17th, Saturday, November the 18th, and you can catch me all over your TV. I'll be on Gutfeld tomorrow with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. We'll be doing Hannity live from the Patriot Awards and, of course, the Ingram Angle as well. Uh, So buckle up, Buttercup, but let's start with a little bit of radio, huh? Let me get into this Adams thing because I just get a kick out of the whole thing. So Eric Adams... I have a different appreciation for the mayor of New York City. I mean, is he a hypocrite? Yes, like most politicians are. If you remember, Eric Adams ran on being a sanctuary city. We quote the poem on the Statue of Liberty, is what he said. No human being is illegal. Okay, and then what happened to Eric Adams, the guy who said no human being was illegal, suddenly, because of the guy in office, Joe Biden, uh, was greeted with a surge of relocated migrants. No, no, Eric Adams did not say Buenos Dias. Eric Adams said, Get him out of here. Get him out. That's exactly what he said. What a fraud. No, I don't want him. Okay, went from, uh, no, we should be building bridges and not walls. Okay, great. Well, well, they came over the bridge and now they're here. And every Democratic mayor was like, We can't have all these people here. This is crazy. Because you understand most of the policies in this day and age, at least under Trump anyway, it was political posturing. It was a branding exercise. It was easy. It was easy. It was easy to say to the world, hey, my city will take any migrant who comes in. Want to know why? Because they weren't being forced to take any. If you've got a president in office whose signature issue is securing the southern border, and he cuts illegal border crossings by 80%, you don't actually have to worry about anyone coming to your city. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Unfortunately, they all went, you know, full boat on getting Biden into office, getting Trump out of there, at which point they had to put their money where their mouth is when it comes to taking in migrants. And so every Democratic mayor was like, hey, can you take in these migrants? And they were like... The answer would be no. Okay. Not only did Adams say no and say we need federal funding... But he eventually joined a parade down to D.C. with five liberal mayors who were going to demand action from Biden on the border policy. Lo and behold, Adam gets down there after a phenomenal night of clubbing, I'm sure, knowing him, popping bottles with models. Eric Adams, believe me, is a legend in the champagne rooms of New York City where the scantily clad ladies are. Hubba, hubba. Let's not forget those scantily clad boys as well. Okay, these are Democrats after all. Bottom line, okay, Adams gets down there to give Biden a, you know, piece of his mind. And the minute he gets down there, a raid is conducted. (laughs) A raid, okay, is conducted on the home, okay, of, I mean, this is crazy stuff, okay? The mayor's chief fundraiser. 
gets raided the minute he gets down to D.C. The FBI announces they're taking both of his digital devices, phone and his iPad. Okay, and a guy who had gone to D.C. to be a critic of the president's border policies has not said a word about the border ever since. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Now, at a surface level, it would look as simple as the Democrats are just trying to silence a, a guy who's, you know, giving them grief about a policy that is very problematic to them in an election year. But then there's also the reality that Eric Adams, and this is weird, but this is also reality, Eric Adams, as the New York City mayor, has openly bragged about taking six or seven trips to the country of Turkey. Now, you might ask yourself, does Turkey have anything to do with New York City? Mm. Not in theory. The Turkish citizens, God bless them all, okay, are less than one half of one percent of the voters here. So it's not like he'd be in Turkey campaigning or having some type of deliverable to bring back to the people of New York on behalf of the Turkish government. But the bottom line is, okay, him taking in money from Turkey and him ultimately appointing three prominent Turks to his transition team creates the appearance, at the very least, that there's something going on in this campaign. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So could it be as simple as Biden just trying to silence him? Yeah. But could there be something to silence him on? Absolutely. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. I mean, that's the crazy part. So Paul Ad- Paul is going to join us. And uh, he's going to tell us whether or not Adams may have violated, it's called the Farah Act, okay, which would, of course, imprison him, if it came to that, for failing to register as a foreign agent. This is something they tried to hit Mike Flynn with. This is ultimately what a lot of people say Hunter Biden would be guilty of. Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay, they want you to believe, well, we weren't selling influence. We were, you know, lobbyists. And so we were taking in tens of millions of dollars from China and Ukraine. And it was all above board. You know, that's what we were told from the Biden family. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Well, listen, it very well might have been above board, but even so, Hunter didn't register as a foreign agent, which leads one to believe he didn't want to draw attention to his dealings over there and perhaps the accusation that his father was getting a cut of the money. Are you the big man, Joe? Uh, A lot of bank records make it look like he is. Now, I'm a responsible broadcaster, so I can't tell you definitively that a law was broken or anything of that nature. But I can tell you this president is already historically unpopular, and that was before James Comer subpoenaed Hunter Biden and Jim Biden to start looking further into those Biden finances that include good goodness, okay, tens of millions of dollars in transactions, money moved through dozens of shell accounts, some of which involved the president's grandchildren. Now, when was the last time you did a legitimate business transaction and said, hey, if you could just wire me the money through 15 different bank accounts and ultimately leave it with my grandkid, would you look at that transaction as a legitimate business entity? The answer would be no. And the fact that Biden has lied about his his son's business dealings and his relationship to those dealings on so many high-profile occasions, said he never talked to his son's business partners once, that was a lie. We now have emails, photographic evidence of the president meeting 
with his son's business partners at Cafe Milano. We have two of his son's business partners flat out saying Biden was the brand and he was getting a 10 percent kickback of everything his son did. We have the president himself now admitting to calling into Hunter Biden's business dealings on 22 different occasions, but wants you to believe with a straight face he was only calling in to talk about the weather. Come on, don't bullshit me. But the point is when you lie this much, you know the old saying in politics where there's smoke, Elizabeth Warren's trying to send a message. But the point is uh, when it comes to crimes, that's also a concern. So I don't know where this Adams thing goes. But if you've been following the Biden White House, a lot of times they've been prosecuting people for doing exactly what they did. Like, if you remember, okay, I play this clip a lot, okay, they Democrats tried to impeach Trump because he wanted to investigate the Biden family's wrongdoing in Ukraine. That was the big ask. Hey, you can't you can't be there. Trump allegedly asked, you know, the Ukrainian government to do something for him or he was going to withhold aid. Okay, well, I have played you the clip on this show a billion times of Biden threatening to withhold aid from Ukraine if they didn't fire a top prosecutor that was looking into his son. Okay, they try to tell you, well, no, it was it was different. You know what Trump did? No, it wasn't. That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian. It was different. That's the excuse. How was it different? Okay, the charge was if you threaten to withhold aid from a foreign government, you have broken the law. Here is Biden bragging about what he did as vice president. And you had people. And I'm not talking wrong clip, Jimmy. Jimmy. Here it is. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor. And they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Look at that. OK, that's Joe Biden getting laughs. No, no. I told him you're not getting a billion dollars unless this guy's fired. That's what he did. And then they impeach Trump for allegedly doing the same thing with no proof. That is totally absurd. OK, I don't have an answer. But the fact is, if they're going after Eric Adams for failing to register as a foreign agent. It certainly reads like a classic exercise in projection, if only because their family is being accused of acting as foreign agents. Okay, their family now being subpoenaed by the House Oversight Committee. Okay, their family now the subject to intense scrutiny. That's a big liability in an election year. And when you've got a border policy that's resulted in more illegal border crossings and more known gotaways than any president in the history of our country, the last thing you need is a prominent mayor who, oh, by the way, has presidential ambitions himself, getting out there on TV and saying you've screwed up the southern border. So you understand Eric Adams may very well have a situation where there are some improprieties in his fundraising. But at the same time, there is the duality when you look at the election and the path forward for Biden and realize it gets exponentially more complicated if the mayor of New York City says he's failing us on the southern border. So this is a real tangled one we're going to get into with Paul Morrow when he gets on the show. And I will tell you this, and I I tell you this as much as I can. If you don't subscribe to OpsDesk.org, okay, it is not a site I'm affiliated with in any way, shape, or form. uh, But it is a 
site that I've got my brother a subscription to is a former NYPD cop himself because it's just fascinating the level of depth and knowledge uh, they have of the inner workings of not just our judicial system, but high profile cases and the maneuvers of the Justice Department under Joe Biden and specifically regards to how they affect politicians that you follow and, of course, the life that you lead. I mean, Morrow is as knowledgeable and as sharp as he get, as it gets, uh, which does raise the specter. Why the hell is he going on this show? I mean, seriously, you look at him and you see Paul on TV and he's such a brilliant guy. And then you see him here and you're like, what the hell were you thinking? You know, you got to play the teams on the schedule, I guess, is what he's thinking. But when it comes to this Adams thing, man, I got to tell you again and again and again. Okay, every one of these Democrats who gets into office is just trying to fail their way upwards, meaning the city has gotten worse under Adams. It's worse, okay? Crime is worse. Living conditions are worse, okay? Inflation is not his fault. That's the people in Washington screwing things up. But what Adams has done as president is gotten on every TV show he could, gone to every nightclub he could, and tried to fancy himself as one of the Democrats who would become a national name as a means of achieving higher office. When you look around at every Democrat, every single one of them that's considered like an up-and-comer, what do they all have in common? Whether it's Gavin Newsom, okay, the governor of California, whether it's Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, whether it's a guy like Adams who's the mayor of New York. And Kathy Hochul, to an extent, also fancies herself as a serious presidential candidate. (laughs) But she does. I think it's funny, too, okay, because her only achievement is, you know, she was basically the one woman in the state government that wasn't uh, asked out by Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Okay, but the one thing every one of these Democrats have in common is they're doing nothing for the people who put them into higher office. Just nothing. Okay, New York, San Francisco, okay, Detroit, Philadelphia, quickly becoming, you know, massive tent cities that double as outdoor toilets. <laughs> But in the Democratic Party, okay, becoming a national name is worth more than becoming a problem solver. That's why they try to get as much media as they can. Look at Pete Buttigieg. He was nicknamed Pothole Pete because he couldn't handle the roads in South Bend, Indiana. But somehow he's now transportation secretary because he ran for president, became a big name, and then dropped out in return for being willing to endorse Joe Biden, at which point Mayor Pete is now in charge of every road in America. That's Use your common sense. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this country together on a Monday, doing it with a lot of help from yourself. And, of course, the big man upstairs. I wanted to highlight this, gentlemen, before we get to our next guest. Here is C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback out of Ohio State who has firmly inserted himself into the MVP conversation. He beats Bill Hemmer's Bengals yesterday and makes a point to thank God. You don't hear this every day, but in the world of Megan Rapinoe's, I would implore all of you to be C.J. Stroud. Listen to clip 24. Um, for me, I mean, um, it's a lot of prayer, a lot of just um, knowing that, man, God wouldn't put anything on me that I can't handle. 
Um, and um, I don't deserve his grace and his mercy, um, but he still gives it to me, and I love him for that because, I mean, it's, nothing, it's not about me. It's about him um, and his glory. So um, I think that's where it comes from. I think God made me like that. I've been through a lot, not only in football, but um, things that uh, made me just kind of chill during uh, when everything's going crazy. Um, and I thank God for putting that on me. Nice applause break from the crowd over here at Fox Across America. It's good to know there are still decent people out there. I mean, NFL superstars that believe in something bigger than themselves, which is everything if you want to be a greater good contributor to the world. They say this all the time. Where religion holds the most value in our lives is in giving people a compass to live with an end goal in mind, meaning you want to get into heaven. Now, you know, is a guy like me with the life I've led going to get into heaven? No, I'm going to try like hell to bribe a couple of bouncers. Hopefully some of Jenny's good deeds get me over the top. But I'm really not going to get my hopes up. But the point is, C.J. Stroud setting a great example in the NFL. And I want to highlight more of the people like him as we go forward. But up next, Eric Adams saying some prayers of his own as the New York City mayor is now the subject of not one but two probes from the FBI. Retired NYPD Inspector Paul Morrow joins us to what it could mean for Adams and the city as a whole when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you're damn right you are. And joining us now, fan favorite on this show and every show, to be clear, uh, retired NYPD inspector. He is the head writer over at OpsDesk.org. And he joins us now to discuss the probe into New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Paul Morrow is here. Hey, man. Hey, what's going on? I'm trying to lay out the implications or the potential consequences of Eric Adams being the subject of an FBI probe. Because let's be clear, if Adams goes to jail, this could devastate New York City's nightclub industry, no? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The bottom line is going to take a big hit. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you how it would be even more devastating is that the guy coming up behind him in the New York City the session for mayoralty is a guy named Jumani Williams. Yep. And if your audience doesn't know him, they're lucky. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, not, a, not a good guy for the health of the city. Uh, let me put it this way. He is a dyed-in-the-wool defunder and yet lives on an army base, Fort Hamilton Army Base in Brooklyn, with 24-hour security, armed guards, soldiers everywhere. But he wants to defund your police. Oh, there you go. Of course he does. What a jackass. Uh, yeah. and, and, let's, and we'd be remiss not to point out that when it comes to border security, he makes Mayorkas look like Trump. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's, he is all on board with the Biden administration's uh, policies regarding the border. Uh-huh. And so that goes to a little bit of a yep. developing conspiracy theory that I'm not totally willing to buy into yet, although mm-hmm. I have more than a toe in the water. And and that is that because of how vociferous Adams has been regarding the migrant crisis, the fact that he was down in D.C., for those who don't know the story, down Mm -hmm. in D.C. with uh, mayors of other major cities that he helped put together, Mm -hmm. down there for a meeting at the White House regarding the migrant crisis. That's the very day the FBI hits the door of his chief fundraiser, a 25-year-old woman who's never had any job but the jobs that Adams has given her. So she's quite vulnerable. And I think it feels to me like a shot across the bow. I'll say, I mean, it was five mayors go down to D.C. to bring this border thing to the forefront. 
and he goes racing home. He doesn't not only, you know what I mean, does do the meetings not ha- you know happen and get silenced. The meetings don't happen in his case and he's on the next Acela up to New York or whatever the hell they put him on. It looks very strong army to say the least and when you I, I was reading your writing over at the opsdesk.org when I read that Jumani Williams has the same border philosophy as Biden. I don't know, man, cuz everything they do is so brazenly political. I mean, I know we can't confirm and put this on them. But does your horse sense tell you this looks a little like that? It does. Um, I'm going to tell you what else my horse sense tells me. So just to recount the facts, they hit the door. They find all of this stuff that they take from Brianna uh, Suggs, her computers, Mm. her paperwork, including paperwork labeled um, Eric Adams. Mm -hmm. And they have it for a few days. And then they do what I think they cross the Rubicon, which Mm. is. They apparently the way it went down is they come with a warrant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it was heavily choreographed because they knew they were going to run into some potential friction with the NYPD security detail that's around the mayor. Mm-hmm. And they come up to his SUV after he does an event at NYU, state that they have a warrant which the NYPD is going to have to comply with. Otherwise, they could have been a very ugly scene. Uh-huh. Um, and they say you guys need to step off. Apparently, they did. And then the Federal agents reportedly got into the SUV with the mayor alone. And what I would imagine happened there is they laid out the warrant. They handed him a copy. You have to buy law. And then they took his electronics that were in the warrant. There's two different reporting, either two phones and a, and a tablet or three phones and two tablets. Wow. They take all of that stuff. And likely what they did in that SUV is said, now give us your passwords. Wow. Because – you know, those things are very difficult to penetrate. Some of them are public property. They're likely the mayor's office stuff. They use iPhones. I just know that. Um, he probably said they probably said, give us these passwords. We don't want to have to jailbreak these things. And as the mayor of New York City, you're not really in a position to say, no, I'm not giving them to you. It's a yeah. very bad optic. And so he likely said, OK, here are my passwords. They gave the stuff back to him. But after mirroring it, so they have the contents of all those uh, mm-hmm. electronics. And all of that, I think, explains why. Next day or so, Eric Adams goes out, gets a personal lawyer, lawyers up, and who does he get? He gets the former head of the very unit that is currently looking to prosecute him. Oh, my God. He, he gets the <laughs> former head of the federal prosecutor's office here in Manhattan, Southern District of New York, the former head of the public corruption squad, is now his personal attorney against the unit that this guy used to lead. So very clearly Adams is feeling some heat. Uh I don't see the quid pro quo totally yet, but there are a number of federal charges that he could be looking at, and I'm sure he's starting to sweat. Oh, I you damn right he is. We're talking to Paul Morrill, retired NYPD inspector, founder of OpsDesk.org. I mean, the idea that they are doing this to a sitting mayor of New York City, pretty unprecedented. But you know what else is unprecedented? Uh, Worth pointing out that the guy's been to Turkey six or seven times, and I do believe it was your site that said he put three prominent Turks on his transition team. He did, and his relationship to Turkey is just, there's no other word for it, it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, what do politicians care about? They care nothing against Turkey, I've yeah. been there, but mm-hmm. it, it's the the uh, the voting block in New York City of Turks, which is all that yeah. politicians care about, is the votes, is mm-hmm. less than 1%, maybe yeah. less than a half percent, depending on how you count it. Mm-hmm. And yet he is, by his own statements, has been to Turkey six or seven times and has this relationship with them going back to 2014, and it's quite tight. Now, I'm going to just speculate. I want to be clear that this is speculation. 
But mm. I don't think there's any way that Eric Adams paid for six or seven trips to Turkey. And at least one of them was paid for by Turkish elements, okay, people wow. in Turkey. Um, it looks to me like the following happened, Jimmy. Mm. I think the FBI counterintelligence folks twigged to the fact that there is a heavy Turkish influence operation going on relative to Eric Adams. Mm -hmm. Going back, as I said, 2014, this relationship was going on when he was just Brooklyn Borough president. Mm -hmm. He's made no secret of the fact that he wants to be president, that he was yeah. going to run. He was talking about running this time. Yep. Um, not the worst thing in the world to have this relationship with the mayor of New York City, maybe mm -hmm. for a president. The Turks have asks here, like every foreign government does. They want that guy Gulen, who they consider to be a terrorist. They mm -hmm. want him back. They want him extradited. He's here in America. They blame him for the coup in Turkey years ago. So the Turks have some things they want, and I think they've been cultivating him since then. The FBI in the intelligence world found this and said to themselves the following. Mm -hmm. We have two options here. We either give Eric Adams a defensive briefing to let him know he's the target of an influence operation, mm -hmm. Or B, he looks like he may be playing ball with them a bit too, too much. We're not comfortable with this. We're not going to give him a defensive briefing. We're going to hand this to the public corruption squad because this is now a case of a different sort. Mm. And it looks to me – and now here's the tell. Yeah. The New York Times is getting all the reporting. They're leaking almost mm. exclusively to the Times. Mm. Well, what are they leaking? None of the other stuff about Adams's – the Gezi campaign donations, all right? And there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, They're only leaking the Turkish stuff, and that's the thing that the feds are interested in, and I think that's where the real danger to him lies because those charges are serious. Wow. Um, let me lay some of those out uh, because I, told, I pulled this off your site. Uh, you'd mentioned regulatory fines for illegal bundling, but I think you were saying on the higher end, you know, some intent to either corrupt the electoral process or maybe acting out on behalf of their government. That would obviously be the, the heaviest one, right? And that's where I'm going with all of this. Okay. So let's see what let's you know review the bidding here. So you've got people who are clearly agents of Turkey. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, several of them who are known to have bundled donations to the Adams campaign mm -hmm. have recently within the last year or two, in other words, since he's been elected, run out and gotten themselves um, recognized. Yeah. They filed mm -hmm. as agents with DOJ. They filed as agents of Turkey. They had not filed when they were donating to his campaign. So what does that mean? They're acting as agents of Turkey, and they're undeclared. Mm -hmm. That makes them agents of the nation of Turkey. Wow. Well, if Adams knows that and he's taking money from them, he is conspiring with agents of a foreign power. Mm -hmm. And that is the FARA charge that you're talking about, the Foreign Agent Registration mm -hmm. Act. He will have conspired to violate that along with these Turkish people. And he also will have violated a federal law regarding uh, foreign governments uh -huh. donating to American electoral campaigns. You're not allowed to do that as yeah. a foreign government. Foreign nationals can't contribute. Yeah. If he knowingly was taking money from them as well, there's another charge. So. The feds are not bringing all of this work. They're not going, getting search warrants, ho have an open grand jury, which they do, by the way. Brianna Suggs has been yeah. subpoenaed into a grand jury. She's going to have to testify this week. She may take the fifth, in which case they're going to say, we're going to give you immunity, in which case she can't take the fifth. So, you know, they're going to box her in. But the uh, feds are not going through all of these hoops to try to get 25-year-old Brianna Suggs. Yeah, no chance. They have 
bigger fish in, in mind here. No, and I, and I think this is a Biden DOJ, if anything, sending a stern message that if you're going to violate the Farah Act, you've got to funnel the money through your son. Exactly right. Well, it's the exact <laughs> charge that people say that Hunter should be looking at yeah. relative to Ukraine and, uh, and, and uh, to China. And it's the thing they tried to put on General Flynn, but, yeah. you know, they just couldn't get there. But it's a charge that used to be very arcane. It was yeah. really, I, I really only used it once in a case. It's really not. But these days they're starting to trot it out, it seems, more and more. But I think that's where this is going. Yeah. And it it doesn't make his future very bright, whereas I would argue a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, this, you know, there's been rumors. Yeah. You know, there's rumor that somebody's been wearing a wire in City Hall. Mm-hmm. You've been hearing rumors. It's I discounted juicy. it all, but it yeah. looks like some of it was uh, potentially true. This is turning into like an episode of Billions, where it, you know. it really, it really is. <laughs> as, as Dana Perito said on the air today, New York's going to New York. Clever <laughs> <laughs> <Never> woman. <laughs> oh, is it ever, man? Well, everybody needs to read more about this. It's opsdesk.org. Paul Morrow, man of the hour. Great stuff, man. I appreciate some time today. Anytime for you, man. Oh, you spoil me rotten. Take care. There he goes. The great Paul Morrow. Uh, We do love him. And I implore you to subscribe. I read this every morning, opsdesk.org. If you want to know about crime and you really want to understand it at an administrative level and how what they're doing in city halls around the country and certainly in the highest halls of Congress, uh, what they're doing and how it directly affects you, what the precedents are, there's no one more knowledgeable or I would say better at articulating the implications and the ins and outs of each individual case. Like, I, I mean it. I read this site, and I you could stick me in the middle of any news show on this network, and you'd be like, I think Jimmy Fallon worked in the counterterrorism unit. And let me be very clear with you. I don't know anything. I know nothing. But this site makes you feel so informed because he has such a phenomenal working grasp of the subject matter. It's like talking hitting with Ted Williams. Like, you feel like... You know, if you read all those Ted Williams interviews on hitting, you feel like you could play in the major leagues. <laughs> no, yeah, you can't. Let's let's get let's get that everyone's head right now, Uncle Rico. But the great Paul Morrow, the site is opsdesk.org. I implore all of you to check it out and don't go anywhere. We're back after this. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back on the road this week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be down at the Grand Old Opry Thursday. It's the Patriot Awards, November the 16th. It should be required viewing. If you're coming to the Patriot Awards, foxnews.com slash Patriot Awards, get tickets. You are essentially locked in a biodome with all your favorite Fox News TV stars, as well as me. Uh, but you'll get to take photos, and, you know, it's a petting zoo. You can feed us. It's phenomenal. It's something everybody should do once, and only once. Uh, I do mean that. <laughs> it's kind of unhealthy. We all like each other a little too much, uh, but it's a great time. And uh, when you see the selflessness of the people being honored, it really does renew your faith in society. So foxnews.com slash Patriot Awards. You will see me opening the show this Thursday. I go on stage before the live broadcast, do about 20 minutes of stand-up comedy, and then right before they hit play there. Get him out of here. 
Get him out. They literally fall through a trap door like I just lost on a Japanese game show. Uh, and then handsome Pete Hegseth comes out. The crowd goes wild. It's epic. And it is a must-see. Uh, if you're down in Florida this weekend, it is the Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples. Friday night, November the 17th. Saturday night, November the 18th. I will be there doing what I do best, which is... You know, chugging whiskey at the bar. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Stop it. Naples. Naples, Florida. A phenomenal way to go through this coming weekend. So get down there and see me in action Friday and Saturday. Right now I'm here with you on the radio. Uh, we're talking uh, earlier with Paul uh, Paul Morrow from OpsDesk.org about the implications of our mayor, Eric Adams, being the subject of an FBI probe. Uh, another guy who is, in fact, also being looked into and has already had his brother and son subpoenaed is Joe Biden. And uh, oh, I'm in trouble. Well, I don't know where it goes legally, but he's definitely in trouble at the polls. Here's the USA Today's White House correspondent, uh, Francesca Chambers, laying out some hard truth for the White House. Clip 23. The polling for President Biden has been abysmal lately. Voters say that they think he's too old for the job. He is losing to Trump in key battleground states as well as nationally. And by the way, to Nikki Haley as well. He's a statistical tie with Ron DeSantis. On almost every issue, they rate Trump better than him, with the exception of perhaps abortion rights and democracy, two issues that he has focused on. And Democrats point propelled them to victories last week on Tuesday. So you understand he's losing to Trump. He's losing to Haley, okay? He's tied with DeSantis. Biden sucks. Uh, you've never, for real, for, listen, man, okay? This is a talk show. If you listen to the show, believe me, okay? You've heard enough of it to know I'm not capable of steering the way someone votes, let alone motivated to do so, okay? I'm just here chatting with you, sharing my takes, getting back yours, and you're all welcome to share in the next hour. 888-788-9910. Chris Bedford's going to be here. It's going to be just bonkers, wall-to-wall madness, okay? But the truth is we've never lived in an America with a president this unpopular, period. Okay, you can tell me Trump was impeached twice and COVID was going on and there was a summer of George Floyd in 2020 where they were, if you remember, firing Aunt Jemima because they decided that was going to change the quality of life for the black community. Wrong. Come on, you guys. The pancakes aren't racist anymore. Isn't everything better now? I mean, that's the plan they came through with. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. We'll tear down the statues. Everything will be better now, you guys. I'm telling you, the woke left has set this country back. Two decades. Everything woke turns to including the Biden administration. Biden has pandered to the far left at every turn of his presidency, whether it was the climate people when he decimated the Keystone Energy Pipeline. I mean, he killed it. He killed it and took away 10,000 jobs along the way in the name of environmental virtue signaling. Okay, obviously the open border policies of no human being is illegal. We should be building bridges and not walls. And then every single Democrat who said that freaked out when migrants started showing up to their sanctuary cities. Democrats are so full of crap. Of course they are. But no more, none more so than the guy in the White House who's sitting there right now. That's true. That is true. Okay, Joe Biden is historically unpopular. He's not governing like our 46th president. He is governing like he's our last president. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. The guy's a disaster, okay? And any way you slice it, these poll numbers are telling you. Okay, that if you think he has a shot 
at winning this thing again in 2024, you might be further out of your mind than he is. I keep forgetting I'm president. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. You better buckle up, sister. We are not messing around in this hour of Fox Across America. The champ is all riled up. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And I swear I'm not doing this as a punishment, but we are bringing on Jessica Tarloff in this hour. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Stop it. This is a, a talk show. We're not activists, and it's very important to hear what people are saying on the other side of the aisle. And I do need to express my support for Jessica Tarloff right now as a member of the Jewish community that she is. Uh, they are under incredible duress uh, all over the world, but especially here at home in ways that absolutely sicken me. Uh, we will get into that. And we will also have a grown up talk uh, about Ted Cruz, who was on our show Friday and went on real time with Bill Maher Friday night and threw the challenge flag. At several things done by Barack Obama and the liberal media themselves. 888-788-9910 if you want a part of the show. But I'm telling you right now, it is going to get chippy. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. I'll break you in half. Maybe several pieces. It's a, it's a rowdy Monday. I look out at the world right now. Okay, I was up in Utica over the weekend telling jokes. That's what I was doing. I was at the Stanley Theater. Shout out to everybody who showed up. Took a selfie, bought a T-shirt, all the things that went on. It was really wild. Okay, the after party was great. Everybody was wonderful. I love playing Utica. We got our Utica greens, which are great because, you know, my whole life revolves around food because that's what happened in my childhood. We just ate and ate and ate. That's basically what I come from. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. (laughs) Pizzas. But the point is, I'm never happier than I am when I'm visiting Utica. It's great. Just a great town. Just great people. WYBX is awesome. The theater is awesome. But I turn on the TV in my hotel room. And I see them ransacking New York City, so much so on Friday. It's Veterans Day weekend. It's the 248th uh, birthday of the United States Marine Corps. The team literally nobody wants to play. And what's going on outside Grand Central in New York City? This guy's climbing light poles, tearing down American flags. Disgusting. NYPD barricaded inside Grand Central so they don't get into a physical conflict with the mob. And that's the order being given down to the cops who could absolutely handle the situation if they had to. But this idea that we're just supposed to be, you know, letting these people trample our cities, it's protest, you see. It's not protest when you're tearing down flags, defiling monuments on Veterans Day weekend. We were told that in the summer of 2020, too. It's they're just protesting. It's their right to protest. When you're burning down a Little Caesars, it's not protest. Granted, it's nice to finally see a Little Caesars fully cooked. But the point is, not protest. When you're looting a Target, when you're trashing a Nike store, when they're torching police stations, that's not protest. That's criminal activity. He knows what he's talking about. So as we sit here day in and day out and allow people to express their support for a terror group in Hamas, and they do have that right because it's America, they don't have the right to destroy our cities and make Jewish people fear for their safety. Okay? That's not Protest. That might be your idea of a protest, but I've got another idea. How about you? Okay, that's my idea. Seriously, that's what I say. So Jessica Tarloff can come by and get some home cooking for me. We don't agree politically, 
but we agree that anti-Semitism is a scourge around the world. And as we get underway in this hour, okay, Ted Cruz threw a few challenge flags. And to Bill Maher's credit, he threw one too. So I'll start there. Bill Maher was talking about Barack Obama's comments last week. We played them on the show where he was trying to establish a moral equivalency between what the Jewish people were doing and what Hamas was doing. And you understand, okay, there is no moral equivalency. When the Jewish uh, forces are going to strike a, a target in Gaza, they distribute leaflets telling people to get the hell out of there. Okay, can't be there. This isn't safe. This isn't good. Okay, Barack Obama tried telling us, no, it's complicated. You don't understand. You don't get what's going on. It's totally false. Okay, it's not complicated. Okay, one side is beheading babies and lighting families on fire inside of their homes. Okay, that's what's going on. The Jewish community in Israel, the only ones who share our values in that region of the world, the only one that actually supports gay rights, okay, the only one that is letting women drive cars and go to libraries, okay, again, all of these idiot protesters on the left who are in the LGBTQ community supporting Palestine. They're crazy. And they're just stupid. That's all it is. Okay, I've said this before. Queers for Palestine is like wives for OJ. They don't exactly have the best record of provided for your specific group. So understand what's going on on the Hamas side of this conflict, okay? They're not rising up against a genocide. And how do I know that? Jimmy, what do you know? You're not a foreign policy guy. Okay, the population in Gaza has gone up by 2 million people since 2005. Okay, genocide is designed to eliminate a population of people. If they're going up by 2 million, 2 million, okay, that's not genocide. Bingo. But bigger than that, Israel has not declared that they want to wipe Muslims off the face of the earth. There are 2 million Muslim people living peacefully in Israel that are not seen as a threat by the government. They're seen as neighbors and citizens and brothers and sisters and co-workers. So this effort by the left to hijack the narrative and go, no, no, it's complicated. Oppression and colonizers and word salads. They taught me at a fancy college, you see. Okay, that's what's going on on the left. They have no idea what they're talking about. But it's one of the reasons I like having Tarloff on is she doesn't speak for every single person on the left. You can't pin every far left professor's ideology on her because, to be clear, she thinks it's reprehensible what Hamas is doing. And, of course, she's not a fan of the anti-Semitism coming from the left. Here's Bill Maher. Let me give you his good part uh, talking about Obama. Clip five. I am struggling with people's moral equivalency still. I mean, Barack Obama, who has rarely disappointed me, did so this week. I mean, his statement, I mean, it's not a horrible statement, but he said, if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth, and then you have to admit nobody's hands are clean. Literally, that's true, of course. I mean, don't be thick. All right. OK, when you're trying to say nobody's hands, are clean, mine are yours are. OK, we, you know, to, nothing to do with any of this. OK, we didn't send 50 billion dollars in cash assets to Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. We didn't tell Hamas to use some of that money and launch rockets into Israel or heaven forbid Hezbollah and all the other groups fighting over there. Okay, and when it comes to Israel fighting back, imagine Israel has suffered the worst terrorist attack since the Holocaust. Based on population, it was bigger than 9-11. 
here in New York. Imagine 9-11 happens in New York and at the Pentagon and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and half the country's going, yeah, but we kind of had it coming. That's what they're doing to Israel, and that's disgusting. You understand? That's it. That's the basic. That's it. That's the long and short. Israel, who is engaged in a ceasefire with Hamas on October the 7th, there's a ceasefire going on, okay? Hamas paraglides into Israel, kills everybody. Babies, women, children, everything in between. It is horrific barbarism. Okay? Israel, as a nation, clearly has a right and need to defend itself and stop this thing from happening again. But after that happened, what's the world doing right now? They're calling for a ceasefire because of the humanitarian casualties, the women and children. Are anybody actually calling for Hamas to let the hostages out? The answer would be no. No, they don't care. Don't worry about the hostages. Just shut up, do what we want, because we're angry, and this is what's trending on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok right now. We want likes. We want likes. This is the defund the police crowd. They're just assembling under a different banner, but all they should really be cheering is, this is what we're doing now. This is the new thing. These people have no idea. I mean, think about where we live in a country where colleges cancel Halloween because they consider it racially insensitive. But you can chant kill the Jews. I got to be honest. As the insensitive sensitivity meter goes, that one's pretty dicey. I, I, I would find it insensitive. I'm not a member of the Jewish community myself, but I still think I'd, I'd find it a little bothersome. I'd much rather you be dressing as a Disney princess, even if you're not a member of that culture, than calling for the complete and total eradication of an entire culture. I'm just saying I think we might be fighting the wrong battle here. But Bill Maher gets kudos for at least acknowledging that Obama was a little off the mark on that one. But to Ted Cruz's credit, okay, when he sits down on Bill Maher to sell his book, and I give him credit for doing so, and I give Maher credit for having him on, one thing about conservatives you're going to notice, and it's one of the reasons you hear people like Jessica Tarloff and Kevin Walling on my show, is conservatives are very confident in our ideas. We are not trying to censor people as a means of winning elections. Well, if we just don't let these people talk, we'll win the vote. Okay, we don't do that. We're confident in our ideas. We want to hear what the other side has to say. We don't hate them. We don't want to fight them. We are not threatened by the idea of them. Okay, America was built on differentiating viewpoints. Okay, it was not built on we're all going to agree. E pluribus unum out of many, one. Okay, we all believe and think different things. We have different preferences. We have different tastes. We have different religions. But out of many, when the game's on the line, we are one. Okay, right now, we're not living in that mindset. Okay, now everybody just hates each other. We've gone from a melting pot to smoking pot. Okay, I want to be one of the ports in the storm where you can hear from people you disagree with without turning into a fat, screaming child at your birthday party. Mom! He said I was out in hide-and-seek, but he missed the tag. I want him out of here. Like, that's not what we're doing. I don't care. Call in and disagree. Tell me I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. I'm not the omnipotent talk show host who's trying to cover up some personal insecurity by convincing a bunch of gullible listeners that I'm Superman. Okay, I am not Superman. I look like a super ball. Okay, I'm so round right now. But here is Ted Cruz on the road. After he got off the air with us on Friday, he went on Bill Maher. And, you know, Bill Maher tried to hit him for election denialism. Well, you know, Trump said the election was stolen, right? And come on, Trump, you can't say the election was stolen. That doesn't make you a Republican. That makes you a Democrat. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, 
you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. But according to Bill Maher, you can't say an election here is stolen. Now listen, little boy. Well, that's what Ted Cruz told them. Clip 20. Al Gore was the head of the Senate at the time. He had to pass the baton in an election. He knew he won. And his he, he knew and, he won. And the Wait, other are you an election denier? You just said Al Gore won that election. Well, he okay. He did not win. I mean, he won, I'm sorry. Definition. You're right. You're right. I, I meant to say he won the popular vote. But but that's not. Yes, I understand. I understand. But the other candidate's brother stopped the count. Okay, or, that's that is or, that's not accurate. The Supreme Court stopped the count. His own brother ran that election in His Florida. His brother was, which was the where, governor of Florida. You know they counted. Okay, the votes. Well, hold on, hold on a second. I mean, facts matter. They counted the votes four times in Florida. Okay. George W. Bush won all four times. I was part of the legal team litigating the, that case, so the, I, w- I was intimately involved in Bush versus Gore. Bigger, Every time they counted the votes, Bush won. Good for him. And here's the rest of it, clip 21. The bigger point is that Al Gore took one for the team. He came out and said, okay, you know, this was a really f***ed up election, but this is America. The jewel in our crown is that we pass power peacefully, and I'm not going to be the first guy not to do that. Nixon let it go in yeah. 1960. That could have been a, a I, I agree. screwy election. And Hillary came out in her damn purple suit. <laughs> so she did it before the sun rose. She did it before the cock crowed three times. She came out and said, Trump is the president. That's what you guys will not do. Joe Biden is the president. What do you mean we won't do it? I'm fighting him every day, and he's screwing up the country and the world. So I'm quite aware Joe Biden's the president. I wish he wasn't. I admire your honesty. Good job for Ted Cruz. Okay, for going on there. He knows Joe Biden's the president. And let's be very clear. Hillary did come out and concede. And what did she immediately do afterwards? Get on TV and tell everybody out there that the election was stolen by Russia. That's just how white folks will do you. They also cobbled together all of Hollywood to pressure the Electoral College into voting their conscience, saying you don't actually have to listen to the will of the Electoral College as an elector. You can defy the will of the people and vote yourself. Okay, let's not act like she said this election was on the level because she made it a point not to. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. And I take responsibility for those parts of it that I should. But, Jane, it was like applying for a job and getting 66 million letters of uh, recommendation and losing to... A corrupt human tornado. I mean, come on. What a... You suck, you jackass. But think about that. Hillary Clinton got 66 million votes. 66 million votes. And sat there and questioned the legitimacy of the election because she said, you get 66 million votes, how can you lose? Yet in the next breath... They want Trump to shut his fat pie hole. And you know how many votes Trump got? 75 million. Oh, wow. He got 9 million more votes than Hillary did. And she said he shouldn't have said a word after she held us hostage for three years of Russian collusion talk. Oh, shut up, woman. Okay, the Democrats went as far as to say the voting machines were hacked. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates 
Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. He's voting. Good job on Bill Maher and Ted Cruz is all I'm trying to say. I, this montage, you've heard it a hundred times. It goes on for two and a half more minutes. And it's basically Democrats saying, if they do it, it's democracy at work. And if you do it, it's high treason. Democrats are so full of crap. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. Oh, man, Jimmy. It is Fox Across America. Champ is just coming unravel. It's a lot of logistical considerations being made right now. We've got a lot of travel this week. We're going to get to Nashville uh, for the Patriot Awards Thursday night, November the 16th. Please come. Come hang out. Honor the heroes who make this country the shining city on a hill that it is. Uh, do we have some, you know, rough pockets these days? Yeah. Uh, But the party in charge will be well represented in our next break as Jessica Tarloff is coming by for a grown-up talk right here in the studio. Uh, 888-788-9910 if you have a question for me or Tarloff. But what's essentially happening in our politics now is, you know, the tribal nature of the last five or six years, which was just like Republicans wanted to beat Democrats so bad. Democrats want to beat Republicans so bad. We turned it into a team sport and lost sight of the fact that we're all on the same team. Okay, if you've been listening to this show, that might be what you like about it. That or the fact that you listen to me for three hours a day and go, well, if this guy can get a nationally syndicated talk show, my ship's going to be sailing in any minute now. I understand that's part of my hook. This is an empowering show because you figure if I'm on all these stations, you could probably train an ape to do it just the same. But the other appeal for the people who care about the country is the fact that I'm pretty above board about the fact that, you know, Republicans can hate Democrats, Democrats can hate Republicans, but we're all getting dressed in the same locker room at the end of the day. So as the country goes, we all go. doesn't matter who wins. Right now, we're all losing. So we're going to get into it with Tarloff, and we're going to try to, you know, you talk across the aisle. Now, listen, if she gets a little snippy, she gives me a hard, you know, we, we'll hit the ejection button. We don't care. But uh, she always comes in with a clean slate, and we're excited to give it to her. And if it goes the other way. Get her out. Get her out of here. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and you guys were good all day today, so you are now in for a real treat. I promise, a a huge treat if everyone behaved, and they have. You're damn right. Jessica Tarloff is here in studio. Hey, JT. Hey. This is a beautiful studio, by the way. I haven't been here. Is this this is true. This is your first My appearance first ride. since yeah. the extreme makeover. They actually stood outside and yelled move this bus and drove and we came in we're like look at all the TV screens. And Nate Perkis was in the wall and, <laughs> but they did this not just for you. 
No way. Yeah, I'm you like, come you on. You know better. Yeah. Me, radio, this, stop it. No, I just happen to be here. You know, I'm like, I'm squatting in someone's nicer apartment at this point. But thank oh, do you the for outkick noticing. people come yeah, in yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all So they got like Charlie's schmance. legs and stuff. Yeah, they yeah. got good all stuff. Right. Yeah, okay. this isn't for me. I was like, I just happen, I just happen to slightly benefit. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, they still hide you back you, there. Yeah, you know when they open like a downtown hockey arena so they subsidize a muffin shop because yep. they know people are coming downtown? That's what the new graphics package is. All yeah. right. This is a state subsidy for a gluten-free muffin shop, and I'm running it in a tie right now. A lot of neighborhoods have been rejuvenated because something else mattered more. <laughs> so. They actually refer to me now as Jimmy Urban Renewal Fela uh, I when I go it. down the hall. To, to, I love that you have that sharp eye that you do. Uh, JT, uh, great to have you here. You were just on Bill Maher, by the way, and yeah. you did a phenomenal job. Thank you. Uh, it's, the, it's probably the hardest, most difficult time there has been to be in media, but especially as a member of the Jewish faith, mm-hmm. uh, who we support unabashedly on this show. Uh, just on a basic personal level, it's so discouraging, I think, to see – a yeah, but like I know that yeah. you could tell me the situation in the Middle East is whatever it is. But when one country suffers its worst terror attack, which it was and probably since the Holocaust, like the one thing we had going for us post 9-11 and there wasn't much is no one on the world stage was like, yeah, however. No big deal. Yeah. I mean, you kind of got a yeah. How you got almost victim blamed. Did your did your people not? I, I think so. I mean, I don't know how we got to like October 7th happens and then. Oh, my God, these settlements are horribly unfair. Like most liberal Jews, which is a majority of the Jews that are Uh in America and Uh frankly all over the world. I mean, most Israelis are not even particularly religious. They don't like Netanyahu. Uh They think that he's a right wing dictator, essentially, aren't fans of what the arrangement is in the West Bank. Uh But it just has nothing to do with dealing with unequivocally the worst terrorist attack since the Holocaust. And I feel like every day more information comes out about the brutality of this attack, right? More photos, Um, the guidebook that came out, the how to rape them and say it in English or yeah, yeah, in English Mm because the Israelis will speak it. I was like, obviously I'm not uh, equipped to read Hebrew, you know, to tell them pull down your pants now. Things like that. That we just learned that yesterday. Yeah. So please, anyone who's right now about to start tweeting, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen proof of this, or they found yeah. the body of the baby that was yeah. baked in the oven. Yeah. I said that on air on the five, mm-hmm. and my Twitter feed immediately. First of all, you should have given me a, a warning. I, I would have left the room if I knew you were going to say that. Well, they didn't get to leave the room. Yeah. And this is a news show, yeah. at least in a couple of the blocks before yeah. we start talking about, you know, whatever <laughs> dating. But, you know, oh, animals are great. Uh, Jessica <laughs> they Tarl- are great. Jessica Tarlov's here. They're the best thing we got going for us right now. Uh, but I saw that, you know, Mar, and this is what I wanted to bring up. You know, he said this week in the episode you weren't on, so I'm sure the ratings went way down. Yeah. He actually, he might get canceled. <laughs> it's over now. Yeah. <laughs> he knew where his challah bread was buttered, and he blew it. No tarlof. like, off. you're Jewish? I was like, I know I got the perfect nose, but yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, Mar did, to his credit, say he was a little disappointed in Obama for trying to establish a moral equivalency between uh, is- Israelis and Hamas. Uh, are you kind of with Mar on that? Where are you on that? Yeah, I think that most Democrats... Are mm-hmm. frankly, and okay. I, I think that's Mar. By the way, has been, I think, absolutely pitch perfect mm-hmm. on all of this, and he's brought on also all the right people yep. to talk about it, making mm-hmm. sure he had Bernie Sanders's mm-hmm. foreign policy advisor, who's someone whose politics I don't necessarily agree with, yep. but 
can talk about the conflict there with every single sentence reiterating, mm-hmm. nothing will ever justify October 7th. Yeah. Right? There's no arrangement in the world. There's no way you could look at this that would make that okay. But yeah, I think Mara's right. And I think it's also meaningful that people spend some time reflecting on the fact that it's clear as day that Joe Biden mm-hmm. is more pro-Israel than oh, Barack yeah. Obama was. Like, Barack Obama sent people over to meddle in Israeli yeah. elections. He was a huge hater of <laughs> Netanyahu round two yep. or three, whatever yeah, round. Yeah, a few Netanyahus. They're like Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, I know. There's Vin Diesel's in the last Netanyahu. It's unbelievable. Amazing. You just see Netanyahu in that tiny little vest, like lifting a car. <laughs> um, but I think that he was right to say that because they, uh-huh. because not because the sentiment can't be right that there are legitimate grievances that the Palestinian people have about how this all shook out. And I would on that front encourage everyone to go listen to Bill Clinton talking about the deal that he offered Arafat in yeah. 2000 that Arafat turned down. Uh-huh. So you have 97, 98% of the West Bank. Like, please stop yeah. your crying. Yeah. But there's a time and a place for it. Yeah. And at this moment, mm-hmm. when our college campuses are not safe yeah. for Jews to be there, when yeah. you have, like we were talking about before we started, Grand Central Station yep. here in New York mm-hmm. being, you know, beat doors beaten down by this, burning of American flags to lift up the Palestinian flag. Like maybe you could wait 20 minutes, <laughs> right? And then we can talk about so, that. Some of us thinking about that over the weekend. It's like, how did college campuses go from we don't su- – celebrate Halloween anymore because it's potentially insensitive to a culture right. of people to Jews stay inside for your own safety. Right. Like, I feel like that's a leap. I feel like I missed a scene. And also we can't expel those kids because they'll lose their foreign visa. Well, let's oh. have better standards, <laughs> right? Like if you are a kid that won a scholarship uh-huh. to come to MIT, mm-hmm. you are the best yep. programmer, astrophysicist, all the things that my brain does not do well. Yeah. And you got to do that. And then you're leading oh. a march that ended up roughing up a few Jewish kids yeah. or locking them in a dining hall or God knows what. Like, uh-huh. maybe you don't get to stay, right? No. Like, there are a lot yeah. of people, and this is always my argument about our, quote, open border. <laughs> we get a lot of really good people yeah. that want to come here for a better life who are mm-hmm. just wishing and praying and how's the song go? And hoping and, and dreaming and praying. And, 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 and maybe it'll be mine. Um, <laughs> And that's why they're coming here. And yeah. then I'm looking at these other kids and I'm like, you ungrateful little butthead. Yeah. Like, no. They're like, we don't like the accommodations here. Well, I mean. I know. But I, I do find it funny, though. Like, when you're reading negative, you like, you know your hotel sucks if you're getting bashed on Yelp from people who didn't pay. <laughs> it's like, if the people like have pay. you been in this lobby? Yeah. <laughs> There's no ice on my floor. Yeah, let's talk. Jessica Tarloff is here. Uh, depending on who you ask. She's either six inches or ten inches taller than Ron DeSantis. Can we get into this? Have you enjoyed this controversy? I love it. <laughs> uh, well, but actually, I love it more because of what it represents. Okay. Which is, like, DeSantis was the great anti-Trump hope. Supposedly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it was built yeah. as. And frankly, I'm not saying I was quaking in my flats. And no, I'm no. legitimately wearing flats. Um, but I thought, okay, this guy is a very successful two-term governor. He turned the state red, for God's sakes, right? He's overperforming even Republicans that perform well in Florida. He's got to be competent enough to run a decent campaign that he could coalesce the anti-Trump right. Mm -hmm. 
And that exists, right? I mean, Biden won for a reason. All the Republicans didn't vote for Trump. And then he's just, he's so bad. And you see people that were either excited by him or willing to take a flyer on him, just like, yeah, that man's wearing lifts. (laughs) (laughs) You know, John Rich, okay, who is a country music singer and has his own line of boots, came on the show Friday. He said he's 100% wearing lifts. He said it's just you could tell well, by the way he walk. walks. You know what he looks like? If, you, if you've ever been in Penn Station at like midnight on a Friday when the teenage Long Island girls are in high heels trying to make the train, yeah. that's what he looks like. He looks like a girl getting back to Yap Hank, who's half in the bag with a slice of pizza Is in that how you pronounce it? It's Yap Hank? Yeah, Yap Hank. I thought it was like Yap Hank. <laughs> no, it's uh, I could give you a, a Long Island pronunciation guide if you're planning on that. doing any media. I know you're big in if Suffolk I, County. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, since I was Lee Zeldin's co-chair, yeah, um, I was out there a lot. Um, <laughs> well, no, but didn't uh, you notice that NBC aired that extra footage for no reason yeah. of him walking off stage? Because oh, they yeah. were like, you know what? Maybe no one watched this as a bait uh-huh. because it's a Republicans on NBC. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to show you that Ron DeSantis <laughs> is wearing lifts. <laughs> that was great. Uh, sadly, uh, there was no boost in the polls for my man Tim Scott, and he mm-hmm. left. I remember, and uh, you and I talked about this at great length, he really was, even though he didn't catch on with the voters, he was the best possible option for Republicans in terms of a general election and him bringing over minority support. He just didn't have the connection. He didn't have the chops. Yeah. I, so I'm not sure about that because okay. I think that's a little bit too like on the nose with identity politics, okay, yeah. right? How to would be you like, hey, there's it, a black guy. But no, no. But do you remember you wrote an op-ed about this? That's the one I'm, I'm, I'm circling back to. How did you characterize it? Because if I misrepresented it, just correct the record. Oh, what did you kind of say back then? You kind of said that he was formidable or so. I just want to yeah, make sure. Yeah, definitely. That, okay. I mean, he presents well. He's polished. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seemed reasonably moderate. Like yeah. he called out Trump for things mm-hmm. that he thought should be called out for. He was good, like on the Confederate flag, like stuff like that. Kind of Nikki Haley, too. Yeah. But he's just. A dud yeah. on the national stage. <laughs> oh, no. And I think that part of it was – well, first of all, I just think uh-huh. it's impossible to run against Trump. Yeah. And you're just seeing that even when Trump isn't there, mm-hmm. he's so deeply entrenched yeah. in the conversation and in everyone's head. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tim Scott played a bit of a weird game also. Like he said a few things that were – not gentlemanly, right? Yeah, like yeah. he said, like Biden had blood on his hands. He went in a different direction. Some late days, stage and then the next morning, I'd be like, "Oh, hey, you're back." <laughs> like you sound totally normal. Well, you- um, but I think Nikki Haley is the only one who's really got any shot at this point of yeah. coalescing mm-hmm. the not Trump vote. Now, there's a part of me, given what I consider to be the ridiculousness of a lot of identity politics that would trade any of my political wins for the first female president to be Republican just because it would be funny. Because would you concur? Like if a Democrat wins, the first female president is a liberal, okay? Yeah. We're going to be watching symbolic glass ceilings be broken before every sporting event, movie, Oscars presentation for a year. I believe there's going to be mandatory crying sessions every day at 3 p.m. And you'll never watch a newscast again without a three-year-old girl being told she can be anything she wants. I'm willing to bet that won't be the case if a first female president is Republican. What say you? It will definitely less. be less Sli- Oh, thank you. I admire your honesty. No, no well, I, I even you. said, like, when Amy Coney Barrett got confirmed, mm-hmm. I said this is a dumpster fire yeah. ideologically, but I'm still happy to see 
a one, we're one step closer to more parity. Yeah, but listen, I, I but it, yeah, totally. I, I admire your honesty and your candor because you don't get enough credit for that. Oh, you don't, you don't you. get enough credit. JT, from time to time, she'll let you stand behind the liberal magician, <laughs> see where the cage-free rabbit goes. <laughs> they made your cards on uh, recyclable paper. No, I kid. Um, but no, I think it's worth this fascinating junction right now because the home stretch from here is, you know. You're hearing a lot about bad polls for Biden and axelrods of the world are speaking up and stuff like that. But the logistical reality is he's not going anywhere. Even if they want him to, even if we're in the speak now or forever hold your peace phase of this ceremony, the organist is beginning to play. It's almost December. We will be kissing our prince (laughs) at the end of this. So, I mean, my question is that I would imagine behind closed doors – there were some pretty animated conversations about should I stay or should I go? But once we get engaged in this Middle East conflict, there's no – it's not just going to get it's out of the way He's a wartime president yeah. now. So that's it. But I don't think it was happening before that. I mean mm-hmm. I think – you know, and you've um, had Bill Barr a few times on your show. He's talked about this. So and like, the if he leaves, love Bill Barr. I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was like – I do, but then I realized that I yeah. am the opposite of your listeners. Um, <laughs> I think that people can, across the board, though, respect his intellect. Yeah. Um, even if you think that he betrayed the uh, Who, Barr? the mango Mussolini. Uh, stop. You behave. Uh, I uh, think I think Barr's fantastic. I don't think he's ever given anyone an answer that wasn't truly a measured. Yeah. You know, he really gives. Well, you even thought. down to like this guy committed all these crimes. I'll probably vote for him. Yeah. I'm like, all right. It's pretty honest. I, I guess. Yeah. But he says about Biden that if he is getting out, it will be later. Yeah. It will be closer to the DNC mm-hmm. and. You know, the Obama people don't love Biden. No, That's don't. just – and so David Oxer uh, does mm-hmm. this, and then, you know, four days later we go out and have this enormous overperformance, and people are like, double middle finger to you, my man. Yeah. I mean, I was watching him on CNN um, after the results came in. Mm-hmm. You know, they did like a yeah, yeah. panel. And he's emba- – you know, he's embarrassed, but like trying to put on a face, uh-huh. you know, a good face about it. And even the never-Trump Republicans, like Alyssa Farah Griffin, yeah. who's on The View – just like, nah, yeah, like you say this because the truth is, is that, yes, of course, it, it's important who the person is that's mm-hmm. representing the policies. Mm-hmm. But the platform mm-hmm. is what gets people there. That's how you have so many people who will say, oh, I hate Donald Trump and I'm still going to go and vote for him. Uh-huh. Well, well that, that's why I think the, the biggest threat to you guys retaining power is Haley, if only because she articulates a very reasonable abortion message in a way that other Republicans don't. Oh, she's certainly better. And frankly, not to play identity politics, uh-huh. it sounds better coming from a woman. Yeah, definitely. You know, does. someone who understands, uh-huh. who's, you know, and I loved what she said about, you know, it's personal to me. My husband was adopted and mm-hmm. I struggled to have both my kids. And I'm sure yeah. you know women who have had a difficult mm-hmm. pregnancy journey and battled for sometimes over a decade yeah. to be able to make this miracle happen. And mm-hmm. having gone through that myself, I think it is nothing short of, of a miracle. Oh, it's, but yeah. Her policy is still if I had my way, mm-hmm. I would have a federal abortion ban. And she signed. A very conservative ban in South Carolina that had no rape exception. Hmm. So run that ad. Whoever's watching. <laughs> uh, but off. No, but oh. of course it matters. And uh-huh. the question is, who brings back 
the white suburban voters in Georgia mm-hmm. and Arizona. And Nikki Haley can do that. Yeah, I think she's got it. I don't think Donald Trump can. And frankly, he won't get there. But I think Chris Christie could if he could be the person. But he can't. Yeah, no, Christie's. This I is adorable. Love it. <laughs> I just I'm like, bring the new bring the tri-state area to the White House. <laughs> he, he, I know that's what we love that. A bridge, yeah. a bridge and tunnel presidency. Yeah. That'd be great. Like his first meal, chicken parm for everybody. <laughs> They're Mike serving, subs. That's funny. They're having a calzone at the yeah. White House. Oh, With I love a surprise it. in the middle. <laughs> Jessica Tarloff, watch her on the five every day. You're the best. Thank you. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Oh, wait. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi. Taxi. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Oh, girl, bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, the radio buddy. Going to be your TV buddy the rest of the way. I'll be on the bottom line with Dave McDowell and Sean Duffy tonight at 6 p.m. on the Fox Business Network. Tomorrow, you'll see me on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. And I'll be starting the day on the Fox and Friends couch at 6.50 Eastern Standard Time. And when that's over, okay, at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, the bookers of Stuart Varney have... uh, Brought me on to the set. That is financial lunacy. I don't know. I think it'll be good for their bottom line. But nonetheless, uh, yes, tomorrow you can see me on Fox and Friends first at 6.50, Stuart Varney at 11, and, of course, Gutfeld at 10 p.m. tomorrow night. And then we're off to Nashville, Patriot Awards. Get some seats. Would you get some seats? Foxnews.com slash Patriot Awards. If you're not anywhere near Nashville, come down to Naples, Florida this weekend. I'll be at the Off the Hook Comedy Club Friday night the 17th. Saturday night the 18th. You can hang out with your radio buddy and see me do what I do best, which is drink at the bar. There'll be some jokes, too. But either way you slice it, this show is over. Pay up and get out. You live in the greatest country in the world. Go out and enjoy it. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.